Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Oh my goodness, you're not going to want to forget this, folks. Because this is going to be one of the few times I get to tell you, and we're going to have a really good moment here because Rocket Mortgage is giving away millions, and I mean millions, during Super Bowl 55 with the Rocket Mortgage Super Bowl Squares Sweepstakes. See rules and enter for free today at rocketmortgagesquares.com. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. We have calls. They're coming in hot. They're coming in heavy. I pick Kansas City. I pick Green Bay. There's a difference in these games. and I, This is the best thing about not having to be a big J journalist. I don't have to have, I don't have to call it down the line. I don't have to do that. I don't have to have journalistic integrity. Yes, there are people I like more than other people. There are stories I like more than other stories. I don't have to act like I'm calling it down the line. I'd love to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I love their fans. I love the area. I've been to Buffalo, New York for a wedding. I've been to Buffalo, New York more than once. I enjoyed my time. I've never had a bad time in Buffalo, New York. Now, there's great things about every city and every area, and I know they play in Orchard Park, but to hell with it. Uh, I've had There's great things in every city. I don't like ripping cities uh, because I think that every city I've ever been to, there's good parts, and every city has their rough areas. I think, I, Connor, didn't I tell you this story about Jacksonville on the phone? Was that um, you I was talking to? I don't think you did. It was either you or Pierno or Hick. I don't I don't I don't remember which one. I mean, you guys also have that accent, so you guys all sound the same, so I get confused. It's true. Um, well, Pierno's a little bit different. Pierno's a little harder. I've been to Jacksonville, gosh, four or five times. And I've been in beautiful parts of Jacksonville. And I've been to by accident rough parts of Jacksonville because I got lost. There's great things in every city. I've been to Trenton, New Jersey. There is a beautiful historic area of Trenton, New Jersey. And then, that, yes, there are there are rougher sections of Trenton, New Jersey. There's great things about every city. I just love Buffalo, and I love their people. I can't lie to you. And part of that is stemmed from I'm from Canton. They would come down for Hall of Fame festivities. And the places that I worked at, they were always there. They were always wonderful. They were always hospitable. I know Jets fans might disagree. I know Pats fans might disagree. I'm sure as hell could tell you that Dolphins fans could disagree. But I've always enjoyed them. There's there's good things to everything. Where I'm from, there's a hot rivalry with the city of Pittsburgh. I've been to Pittsburgh. I've had a good time in Pittsburgh. I've had a good time in Cincinnati. I had a good time. I've had a good time in Saginaw, Michigan, Flint, Michigan, wherever it might be. There's good things, there's, but there are some fan bases that I root more, more root for more than others. Green Bay's seen tremendous success. It's been a while since they've won a Super Bowl, but they've had tremendous success. I love Tom Brady, though. I'm a fan of Tom Brady. 
I marvel at the way he's been able to play. I marvel at his story. I find him and his the argument between he and Bill Belichick, and I mean the fan argument, not a literal argument between the two men. The argument of Belichick or Brady, I think that that has been basically settled, and I think it should have been settled long ago, but this just kind of rubs the nose in it that you need a quarterback. Bill Belichick, and he's a great coach. He's the best coach that ever played, that, that was ever been in professional football. I give Bill Belichick all the credit in the world, but you got to have the quarterback, man. you got to have the players. And that should have been settled a while ago, but for whatever reason, people wanted to say that Tom Brady was a, was a system quarterback. And I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. But there is a difference between guys we want to win, teams we want to win, and who we think is going to win. I pick Green Bay to win this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is possessed. And for this game, there is a lot more pressure on Aaron Rodgers than there is Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it could come down to coaching. And I like Matt LaFleur more than I like Bruce Arians. I think Matt LaFleur can rise to that occasion. Bruce Arians, we've questioned in the past, and I will continue to question, just like we've done a lot of great coaches, until they actually get over the hump with that. 100%. You're going to have to prove it to me. I don't care, And I respect him. I don't care how old he is. I don't care. You're still going to have to prove it to me in that moment. I'm going to take LaFleur. I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. But there's a lot more pressure on him. You're playing across the way from a guy who has turned the NFL and turned greatness into the NFL into the same thing we say about the NBA, where championships and multiple championships matter. One isn't what it used to be. There's been an argument on sports talk radio and on sports talk shows in general about Aaron Rodgers and the legacy he leaves behind. But for him, this is something that I don't think he's thinking about, where are they going to rank me in the all-time generation? That's not it. That's not what I'm thinking with Aaron Rodgers. There's so much more to it. It's that a franchise, even though they drafted Jordan Love, even though they didn't give him his wide receiver, there are checks and balances here. But this is a franchise that doesn't like to fire coaches, that wants to give people proper time, wants to give them the chance, but will listen to their quarterback and listen to him, and it's about to pay off. Tom Brady's proven it. This is not the final days of Unitas with the Chargers. This is not the final four games of the career of Joe Namath with the L.A. Rams. This is tangent. This is real. This is something that works. This is greatness personified again. And I think that that's already paid off. I think Tom Brady's having the time of his life. His buddy's with him. He's leading a team again. He's free again. He's proving a lot of things again. Showed that he can do it in both conferences. Shows that he can do it in a different division. But for Aaron Rodgers, you get this one, you're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the time the window's open for this. You get to the pl- you get to the Super Bowl and you get this one, it changes the conversation we have about you. Because Aaron Rodgers has been fantastic. But right now he's still in that breeze category. He's still in the category of others where you know he's great, but why? You ask yourself why. Why wasn't there more? Well, Tom Brady's the reason why there weren't more. There were other great quarterbacks too. But when it comes down to his legacy, when it comes down to his work, This is much bigger for Aaron Rodgers. The Kansas City-Buffalo game, I'd be surprised if either team came out tight. I think that's going to be a hell of a football game to watch. I think Kansas City will win. I pull for Buffalo. 855-2124-CBS. Let me go to the phones. Tom, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, as far as Tampa Bay, Green Bay, I, I got Green Bay winning big. 
Antonio Brown out, I think it's going to be for Tom Brady. For whatever the reason, there seems to be a little disconnect between him and Mike Evans. And I think the other factor is mobility of the quarterbacks when one is so much more mobile and the other isn't. And three interceptions are why the Buccaneers are playing this week, not because of how well they played. And I, I think Green Bay. Now, in the other game, nobody's mentioning this. But Pat, maybe they are, but Pat Mahomes coming off that concussion. These days, I think the first time a player plays after a concussion, you, gave, you go into that game at least subconsciously with a little doubt, maybe a little bit more guardian. You know, players are much more educated about the dangers of concussions. You know, Stay with me. Stay with me for a second, Tom. Yes, stay sir. with me for a second. Because okay. his foot's banged up. I know that. He's got that weird toe injury, and I don't know why they were running him in the first place. The injury that happened, and this is what's weird, it wasn't a concussion per se. And I know that's things that they tell you, but if you go back and you look, yeah. there's an old clip, and you you may or may not remember this. And this is going to be – I'm going to take you out to the woods here for a second, but, but come with me on this. Is okay. Hulk Hogan was once on Richard Belzer's show. And choked him out, and we and Richard Belzer has admitted he was his heart was pumping pretty hard when that happened, and so quickly you can be you can be put to sleep, and Richard Belzer fell, hit his head, sued Hulk Hogan. It was a big thing. That play reminded a lot of people of that incident where if your blood's pumping and Patrick Mahomes is in a high pressure situation, he's running. That play cuts it off. Really quickly, boom, that could have knocked him out. You wake up, you're woozy. And so there were concussion-like syndrome. There were concussion-like symptoms. Because when I saw it on TV, I went, oh, my God, he just got his head planted. And when he got up, I go, no, he he can't play. And I think because they're overly cautious about this type of thing now, and maybe rightfully so, that's why he had to go through such a strict protocol because, hey, he's the, face of the, he's the face of the NFL. We can't have this guy going out there. And even though he plays a tough sport that definitely he's been dinged up in, we can't have him going right back out there like this in front of God and everybody on national television. So I think it's a different type of of, of fear of that. But the foot injury and slowing him down, he was hobbled in that game before he went out of that game. He was hobbled in that game against Cleveland. I think that's going to be something to have to look at just because he's good with his feet. I think he's actually underrated with his feet, but his arm is still – his arm is still one of the best in the business. I think it's going to be very, very hard for Buffalo. I, I, it's hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in this moment, Tom. Go yeah, ahead. I, think, I, I still think the psychological trauma of, of you know everything that surrounds concussions, injuries to your head, maybe that little one-hundredth of a second that you have to wait to, for a guy to get open in the pocket, subconsciously your body says, better not take that risk, maybe get, scrambling out of that pocket, lunging for that extra yard to get the first down, you know, I, I just think there's so much going through a person's head, especially a young football player. After the first time, they suffer such a traumatic injury like that. And maybe if the medical science says this isn't a, a concussion, I think the brain up there is saying, okay, I better be careful because these things can affect me negatively the rest of my life. And I may well, be completely wrong. No, well, I, I, w- I wish I – honestly, Tom, there's, there is a part of me, and i got, I got to let you go now because I do want to get to Brian in Wisconsin. There was a part of me that wanted to kind of blow you off, but then there was like, well, wait a minute, Cam Newton made a business decision. Ben Roethlisberger made a business decision on the opening play of the game in the wild card game against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. Guys make business decisions. They do it. Plenty of defensive. Earl Thomas made one against Derrick Henry famously last year. They make him. If it, I don't think he's the type of guy who would. I don't assume he'd be. I don't know. Can't say it. Can't say it now. 
I, I was questioning why he was running in that moment. And going, but just going team versus team, I think Buffalo, what concerned me watching last week, the Browns didn't loosen up until it was almost too late. And still some of the play calling was overly conservative. I thought they came out tight. I thought they played like a young team that definitely knew this moment was big and they had to settle themselves down. And then when the court, when the uh, the Richard Higgins play happened, it, it was I thought that could have been a killer. Uh, they loosened up, but it was still just a little too little too late. I don't want Buffalo to do that same thing tomorrow evening. They can't do that same thing. With the way their offense goes, with it, with the way that Josh Allen plays, I don't know if they're going to come out and throw the ball 20 straight times like they did last week against Baltimore. But you got to be loose, and you got to be having fun. you got to be focused, but you got to be having fun out there, and that's the way that I think that they play offensive football in Buffalo. Good off, Good protection for Josh Allen. He's the type of athlete that can get out there. But to spread that ball around to the Diggses of the world and, to, and to a little bit of Dawson Knox here and there and a couple other guys, you got to play loose. You can't come out in this football game on the road in Kansas City tight. You do that, you'll lose the game before you even walk out there. You have to be loose. I there is. I don't think there's very much pressure on either one of these teams. And I always want to pick against the defending champion because it's hard for them to, to go back and, and, and to dig it out when it's already happened. The disease in me is real, especially in professional sports. You start to think about what's in it for you. What's your next paycheck? Who's going to get paid? I, I don't worry as much about Patrick Mahomes in this spot than I do about some of the other players. You know, where, where are they going to get theirs? That's the thing I'd be thinking about with Kansas City. Buffalo can't be tight. Kansas City has to remain focused. If they do do that, I still think Kansas City can come out on top, as much as it pains me to say it. Brian in Wisconsin, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, I've got uh, five keys to the game here that I think are going to make the big difference. Um, number one is uh, the death of Ted Thompson. We can't forget that Rodgers was uh, looked over by so many teams, and Ted Thompson drafted him. I, I thought I saw – Brian, I'm glad you brought that up. I thought I saw a really nice thing by Aaron Rodgers on Twitter with the picture together when he first got drafted there. I think I saw yeah. a really nice thing there. Yeah, that was a shame. Go ahead, Brian. And I, and I think that's going to weigh heavily on Aaron Rodgers and the team, and I think they're going to come out rallied. Um, the second thing, this is Rodgers' first home NFC game that he has played in. He was there for the 2007 game, but, of course, uh, Favre started. I think Rodgers wants to win at home. He wants to win for the fans. It's going to be a huge factor. The third thing is uh, Mike Pettin and the D. Um, they just watched the video of the last year's game against San Francisco, and I think that's going to weigh heavily on this D's mind. All the starters are back minus one player, so they're mm-hmm. fired up and they're ready to roll. Um, the fourth thing is the weather. You cannot count out the weather in Green Bay. And, yes, Tom Brady played in New England, but uh, Wisconsin's a whole different area of cold, and it is going to be snowing today, and it's going to be very cold tomorrow. I think it's really going to help the Packers out. And then the fifth thing is the fans. Um, last week they allowed over 8,000 fans in, and those fans made it sound like 80,000. I really think those five factors are going to be a huge key in this game. Brian, I could kiss you because I, th- I thank you very much for the call. I want to ask this when we come back. All right, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I'm going to totally deviate from the plan. I'm going away from worker shoot. I'm going away from the Phillip Rivers conversation. When I come back, I need to know whether or not cold weather matters. 
Because that's like the 10th call today I've taken about cold weather. I asked John Ledyard. He said it was overrated. I said cold weather's overrated. I'll try to convince you that next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. Hey, Ken, it sounds like, man, it sounds like you hugging dudes on bazels, man, real hard, man. I'm Tom Brady. <laughs> Jarvis, stay with me. Don't say anything I don't want to have to dump you, okay? Stay with me. Okay, okay, All don't right. dump me, bro. On CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Now, we had, <laughs> we had Brian on in Wisconsin. He's like the 10th guy we've taken today who's brought up the cold weather. Now, I'm looking at tweets. Tony says, Ken, I can drink bush light in 100-degree weather or 10-degree weather. Cold weather is overrated. I think cold weather is overrated. If it were a group of people from Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, not, not Green Bay Packers football players, okay? If it were a group of people from Wisconsin, this is why I still think it kind of matters in college football because you do still, as yeah, there are some programs that get a lot of guys nationally, but it's still very regional in a lot of ways. And so I do think it does matter in college football, but in the pros, they're from with other, from wherever. So I think a fan, in, I think if you took a group of fans, you went, okay, Brookfield, Wisconsin, boom, right there on a map. Threw a dart, you went, Brookfield, Wisconsin. And you took 22 people from Brookfield, Wisconsin. And you took a dart out and you threw another map and you hit Pinellas Park, Florida. Well, you can't say Pinellas Park, Florida because... That's a, basically where old people live. That's where my grandparents live. All right, some city in Florida around Tampa, St. Pete, whatever. You take 22 people from there, and you're going to go, okay, you're going to play a football game. You're going to play the game in Wisconsin. And you're going to play the game on January 24th. I think it would matter. But for pros, I don't know. Could you imagine sitting there with your grandkids 20 years, 30 years, 40 years later, and they're asking you about that game and about the NFC Championship game, your player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're in your you're in your nice leather chair, and you have your grandkids around you maybe at Christmas, and they're talking to you about that game, and they go, why didn't you get a chance to go to the Super Bowl, granddad? And he just looks at his grandchildren, and he looks at them, and he goes, it was just too cold. If they would have played indoors, we would have won. But it was just too cold. One of the grandkids gets out his phone. He goes, it's 23 degrees. Now, I'm from a cold weather area. And I will walk outside really quickly, and I'm a freeze, baby. And it's it's actually depressing considering how large I am. I should be okay in cold weather, but I'm a total freeze, baby. And I, but I can go outside and start my truck and do all that stuff now because my blood's thick. But I think a lot of teams, they were, and I'm talking cold weather. Rain, rain's different. Wind, wind is different. Noise, that's why I don't mind the domes and things like that. I hate, I hate the ambiance of a dome until the crowd gets into it. If you can't hear each other and you can't hear yourself think, I do think that has, that that has an effect on the opposing team. But when it comes to cold, everybody's playing in it, and everybody's from where from all over the country. 
And there's guys who have played in cold weather who are not from cold weather areas who have done very, very well. Tom Brady is from the coast. He's from the West Coast. Now, I think he's from the Bay Area, so to speak. So I don't – and it gets a little cold there. So I don't know if he's in that in that possibility. Joe Namath played football down in Alabama, went back up to New York, but he's from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Maybe it's already ingrained. But I don't think you need an abominable snowman to be able to go out there and win football in cold weather. Michael Vick won on the road with Atlanta, who plays in a dome against the Green Bay Packers in the postseason. If it were a group of fans or a group of high school kids or anything else, in cold weather, fine. Rain, wind, Everything else is different. But if it's just cold, I don't know if it's that big a deal. You go back to the Ice Bowl. Guys, it wasn't like Green Bay kicked the everlasting bleep out of them. It came down to the final seconds. And didn't it take three tries to get it in? Didn't Jerry Kramer have to make a great block? Didn't they try to do that twice before? Dallas was right there. Dallas was leading in that football game. Coldest game ever. Dallas was there. Heinz Field, what, 2017? Jacksonville, they play in Florida. They go up to Pittsburgh, coldest game in Heinz Field history. They score 45 points. They win on the road in the postseason in Pittsburgh. They're from all over. I I think we make it's it's a good story. It's fun for fans. But I have to peel that away and go, I don't think it matters nearly as much as rain would or any of the other weather weather patterns might. Cold weather's just cold weather. And the words of Michael Irvin, man, when we played in that cold weather, we was cold. Jay in Alabama, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Let me take you off speaker. Now, they're talking about uh, cold weather and stuff like that. I mean, these guys played, you know, Pop Warner High School, college, now pros, like, they played in the cold before. And then you got those, like, real gangster dudes out there. It'll be, like, 20 degrees, sleeveless, you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's like, come on. I really think they, they talk about, like, when they tell you, like, oh, that's a cold-weather team, I don't know, and they're from the – I don't know how they're going to do in the cold. That's, like, to affect, like, how you're going to place your, your bet, basically. Yes. Basically, I- that's all that is. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, I think if you had, if you had the, if you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against a bunch of Yetis, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win that football game. <laughs> I think they well, would. I no, I, no, I, my, I didn't mean no. I mean, I mean, no. Cold weather to me, cold weather. Like again, rain, sleet. Uh, if if the if the ground is snowy and now it's almost basically. To get a real good – you have to basically have a blizzard in the middle of a game to get a lot of snow on the field anymore. I mean, especially with how they can sweep it off and everything, whether it be a natural surface or a synthetic surface. I don't know if that matters as much. But rain can be a real problem. Wind, that's definitely a real problem with being able to throw the football and, and being able to kick the football and everything else. Uh, sound, noise. I think heat can be a, it can be of a, uh, a a bit of a downer, but I still put that kind of in the same area as cold weather. But I think God, I think a good heat could probably make it quit more than cold. No, heat is worse than cold. And plus, see, you're talking to somebody from Arizona, so you know. And plus, you know, I I, I live in Alabama right now. I, it, it'll be 30 degrees. Uh, I'll have no shoes on, t-shirt and shorts. Go out and like put my garbage at the curb. You know what I mean? And, and it, like, hey, just get out and get in real quick. It is. And, yeah, you know, and it's just like, 
like I said, like I said before, um, all that all that talk about like it's a cold weather team. We don't know how to. That's to affect like it, it, like I used to live in Las Vegas. That's to affect how I'm going to place my bet right there. That's all that is. Yeah. No, you're. I mean, honestly, Jay, and thank you very much for the call. You're right. I just I think fans overrate overrate cold weather. I mean, you think about back when you were in high school. How many guys listening right now played high school football? How many of those guys went through two-a-day practice and hot-ass summer and quit? If you were going through two-a-day practice in cold weather, it still might have been better than going through two-a-day practice in hot weather. All-day practice back – I don't think you can do two-a-days anymore. All-day practice back in the day, the conditioning that you used to have to do, intervals, beasts, gassers, whatever they may be, all done in hot weather, all done to make you quit. Hot weather, I think, might have a little bit more of an effect than cold weather. Cold weather, well, you know, we're all dealing with them. We all put on a coat, and we try to be warm, and then we go out there, and we, we work up, and then we get back, and we try to get warm again. Hot weather, you can't go anywhere from hot weather. You can get the cool fan out, but it's like wearing a blanket all the time. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I think Tampa Bay can go right to Green Bay and win that football game. I just pick Green Bay to win it, and I don't pick Green Bay to win that game because it's going to be 20 degrees out. I don't think I pick it because of that reason. I think that's something that's pretty easy for other folks to say because it's convenient. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up, quarterback is changing. And that might be bad for Phillip Rivers getting into the Hall of Fame. That and you guys. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update. And I messed this up last week, and I felt bad because I usually write it the right way because she's absolutely fantastic and wonderful. And I'd probably pick her over Marco Belletti, but I don't want to tell Marco Belletti. Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Herskowitz. We're going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like a bandit run. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. What question have I asked more than any over the years? Why? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been the, it's like the Avenue Costello here. No, you see, yeah. the the best question of all, there yeah. is the question why. I love because that because it's a great question because it can't be answered in one word, and it forces the person to think. That's Larry King interviewed by Fred Armisen, who was playing Larry King on CNN. Lost Larry King earlier today. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Now, I'm a big fan of Larry King, always have been a big fan of Larry King. I also loved, and, and somebody had a poignant thought about this earlier today, and I, I wish I remember who it was. This is not; These are not my words, that the free interview or the, the raw interview is something that we kind of take for granted now, uh, but it wasn't always like that, and it wasn't always prepared like that, where it was just hard in-your-face stuff, uh, and it could be good or bad for the person doing the interview, and I think the first person to do that was a guy like was Larry King, was the founder of of that type of style, as we find out here in this clip with he and Jerry Seinfeld, which is one of my absolute favorites of all time. Go ahead. You gave it up, right? I did. Sir. They didn't cancel you. You canceled them. 
You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you. You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression uh, that I, I got canceled? I've hurt you, Jerry. I thought don't, that was pretty well documented. Don't this is, most a, shows is this still CNN? Don't most shows go down a little? Most people do also. You would, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I went off the air. I was the number one show on television, Larry. You were Do all, you know no. who I am? <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. 75 well, million viewers last okay. episode. Boy, you don't take like it so canceled. bad. Well, that's a, a big difference between being canceled and being number one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jeez. B-movie opens... <laughs> Can we get opens. a resume in here for Bean me? B-Movie opens tomorrow. We'll be right back. <laughs> Audio courtesy of CNN. Sorry, I love confrontations. I love awkward. And it's one of my favorite clips of all time. And I remember watching Larry King when I was very, very little in Roanoke, Virginia. You're on. Like that. Always going always gonna to remember that. Always going to love him. Always going to miss him. Been, been a tough week for that, for, for everything going on. You know, Hank Aaron passing away. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of the I see a lot of the tweets and remembrances, and it, it reminds us, especially when it comes to Hank Aaron, like sports is a distraction where these people, they come into your life, you never know them, but you feel you get to know them. You feel you have a relationship. I say this all the time, especially about football, because football happens during the holidays. Football happens at a time where usually, not not this year, and but hopefully next year, it happens at a time where we gather and we, we come together on things, and sometimes those gatherings are not great. We have awkward moments. We have tough relationships with siblings and relatives and our parents and our sons and daughters. But sports is always something that is supposed to, by the way it's conducted, is something that helps us get along with each other, something that helps us be together with one another. And it does remind me that, yeah, there are times where I'm fit to be tied over what happens in the NBA and the in Major League Baseball and the NFL and a little bit of hockey and other things like that. But what we do when it's that stuff, there are real moments to it, but it's not real, not like the fans, not like the fans who love the people and the people who give back to the fans. And so when I, when I read the remembrances of Hank Aaron and see what, what fans, when they share where they were at, when they share where they were at when he hit the, when he hit 715, where they were at in certain moments of their lives, when they saw Hank Aaron, what he meant to them, wherever they were at in their lives, it's, it's always a very special thing. Because when someone passes, you want to make sure you give the proper remembrance to that person. But I think there's almost no better remembrance to a person like that, of that nature, when they, when they pass, where you share what they meant to you. And then when those stack up on each other, you see just how many people that, whether he met him, whether he talked to him, whether he never did, how much those people, how much that person meant to those people. A guy like Hank Aaron, in, in my world in entertainment, like Larry King. You know, when the, when the Browns made the postseason, I became choked up. And it wasn't over the Browns. I there, There's a lot of players. I don't know a lot of the players personally other than, hey, how you doing? We might know each other on a name basis. That's it. I get choked up over fans. I, I'm moved by fans. You know, it means a lot for fans. Because we had a person who, who was a great listener who passed away even earlier this week who called us on Monday after the Browns had lost to Kansas City. And I had no idea that Thursday was going to be their, their last day on earth. Man's name was Steve, was a great, great baseball coach, was a good teacher, good person, really well liked by his family and friends. 
And Lima and I, my co-host, we really enjoyed him because of his tweets and because of how witty he was. We had no idea that Thursday was going to be his last day, and we had no idea that that was his last call that he was going to make it on Monday. And it does bring you back to the reality that this is really for fans. Pro sports is as ugly as they can be. Sports in general like that, it's, it's really for the fans. Because you don't root, I don't root as much for players. I don't root as much for the guys in the jersey as I do for the fans that are, are with them. Because those are the memories that are made when they bring them together. When they bring the families together. 855-2124-CBS. I think it's very special when you look at, you know, I'm from Canton and I always think about the Hall of Fame. And I thought when Philip Rivers first retired, I really believed surefire Hall of Famer. Without a doubt, Hall of Famer. And then I started to poke a couple of holes in it. And this is what concerns me about Philip Rivers as a Hall of Famer later on in life. Because of as of right now, we don't vote. I don't vote, but the writers don't vote for it right now. You have to wait five years. There has to be time given. And Philip Rivers is playing in a transcendent era of quarterback in the NFL. There were the forefathers of, of what we see now, Marino, Elway, Kelly, those guys in this era. Those those are the founding Joe, – Joe Montana, the founding fathers of what the quarterback position is now. Guys who played in that era played under different rules, played under different protections, the protections of those players. Guys like Dan Marino was out for a year. The, the big serious concussions to, to Troy Aikman and Steve Young and those guys laid the groundwork for what the rules are now to protect a quarterback. And now Phillip Rivers plays over a career that has been a sterling career, but plays with guys who have taken advantage of those rules and have taken it to such a deep level that now that I look at this, I don't know, and I like Philip Rivers, and there has to be something in there for fans. I think a lot of fans really admire Philip Rivers, but is the deserving part of it actually true when I look at over the next five years and say, is he a Hall of Famer first ballot? No, because probably Drew Brees will retire, and they don't like to put guys in at the same time or quarterbacks at the same time, especially with, yeah, you know the history that those two actually share because of what happened in San Diego. Now, I don't know if they hate each other or anything like that, but there is a little awkwardness there in how we could, could talk about these guys in sharing the stage. And if I were to put one quarterback next to the other in Breeze or Rivers, sorry. Breeze means more to the city in New Orleans. I don't know if the New Orleans Saints are around if it weren't for Drew Breeze. I think they might be playing in another city by all, for all we know. The healing that he helped. I mean, Drew Breeze, when Tyron Matthew wrote about Drew Breeze, it's the truth. He is a beloved figure in the city of New Orleans. At times, you may say controversial, but a beloved figure in the city of New Orleans. And so for that, because we put Halls of Fames on for fans in the remembrance of the heroes that really it's only for their memories that they share, that I don't think that they go in at the same time, and I don't think Philip Rivers would be a first ballot Hall of Famer regardless. But then think about the other quarterbacks during his era that whether they retire now or later or wherever it mean or already retired or already going into the Hall of Fame in one person's one person's instance we will lump him into that category and compare his play next to those greats and when I have a guy like Philip Rivers next to Breeze Peyton Manning Eli Manning Ben Roethlisberger 
Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Rivers is easily below them all. And if I find him below all those players, which they will probably have their moments in the spotlight, they can't all be pushed in at the same time. And Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer because of what he did, who he beat in his two play, in his two Super Bowls. Ben Roethlisberger and what he did with the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers already is a Hall of Famer, and if he caps this one off, goodness gracious, where do we find him in that generation? So you take five years, because he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, and then you turn that and go, okay, well, Breeze will have already had his day. Manning, Peyton Manning is already going to have his day coming up here soon. Eli, Big Ben still playing when Big Ben going to retire? Maybe at the end of next year? Okay, well, he's going to have his day, probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. Rodgers a first ballot Hall of Famer. Brady could play next year or even another year. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You take five years and you turn that into ten. And then the conversation changes because if there were the founding fathers and compared to their and to that era of the Elway and the Marinos, the guys who set the tone for this, and he took advantage of this generation, all right, where do I put him with Matt Ryan? Where do I put him with Matt Stafford? Guys who will eclipse his numbers. I told you before, Matt Stafford, by the end of his career, if I extrapolated it all out, if it weren't for the injuries this year, I'd have to redo the math on this. He'd end his career with over 60,000 passing yards and over 400 touchdown passes. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. He ain't getting in the Hall of Fame. Winning, and this is thanks to Tom Brady, winning means more now. These guys have taken advantage of the rules, and they should, but the yards, the statistics mean less. In 10 years, say he's been out and eligible for five years, Philip Rivers, when we have this conversation in 20, 2031, what will we think after all those players get in and then we've watched Mahomes, Allen, Watson, possibly Herbert, possibly Mayfield, Wilson, possibly Lawrence, Jackson, Prescott, possibly Murray. That's over 10 guys right off the top of your head. Championships mean more than they ever have. Its titles are more important than they've ever been to Halls of Fame, and especially to the NFL at that position. And I struggle with, I thought he was a Hall of Famer, and a lot of me still wants to believe he's a Hall of Famer and wants to say, Philip Rivers should get into the Hall of Fame. Do I say that, though, just because I want to make him a Hall of Famer as a consolation prize? Because Brady was always there. Because he had to deal with, Marty Schottenheimer was a good coach, but the ownership really wasn't. Great ownership. That he had to deal with changeovers at head coaches where Brady didn't have to, where, where Breeze didn't have to, was part of that his fault. That he didn't have to j- deal with changeovers and general managers and head coaches that he had to deal with that, that Roethlisberger didn't have to, or, or even Manning didn't have to, both Mannings, to that degree of what, what Philip Rivers had to deal with. The Chargers have not been a great organization. Does that go for him when it comes to the Hall of Fame? But still, do I make Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer based on a consolation prize. Because I can tell you right now, the way we talk about quarterbacks now, we are more critical than we've ever been, and rightfully so because of the because of the rules. We are more judgmental. We have a higher threshold for these quarterbacks than we've ever had before. We do love our stories, and we love our argumentation. So we will make certain cases for others. I'm as guilty as anybody on that. But when it comes to the overall 
accomplishment of the quarterback. When I'm in right now and looking at Phillip Rivers, I say Hall of Famer. And then I put all those num- I put all those names in. I go, he doesn't get in before Breeze, Manning, Manning, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Brady. Do I put him in over Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's been in a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's led in a Super Bowl. And Matt Ryan's lost to the greatest of all time in that Super Bowl. Do I dare disrespect Matt Ryan in that case? Because at some point, Matt Ryan's older than we think. He's 35 years old. We have to start talking about Matt Ryan and where where he lands with the candidacy of it. There should be some sort of a conversation, although it stops very quickly, about Matt Stafford. Maybe the Dave Craig of the generation. But if I'm not going to give him those time, that time, if I'm not going to give him his day in the sun in Canton in five years because all those other ones get in, then that's ten years. And then what he did, his stats, without championships, become old hat. Because I could see Mahomes winning two, three, maybe even four championships over the course of his career. And I, maybe more championships, I should say, over the course of his career. You can see Allen winning one. You can see Allen winning a couple. You can see Watson winning them. You can see you can see maybe Trevor Lawrence, even though it's very early. Russell Wilson, I bet he's got another one in him before the time it's all done. Championships mean more than they ever have because now I can't just look at stats and go, man, 40,000 stats are amazing. 40,000 yards are amazing. 50,000 yards are amazing. 60,000 yards are amazing because it's less exclusive than it's ever been. And I can't see that changing at any time. We just love offense, and we love to protect our biggest asset in football, and that is the quarterback. Whether it's right or wrong or the most important thing, if you're a hardcore football guy, that's a different argument. But we know that these stats, these numbers, mean less and less and less. Baker Mayfield statistically had an average season, took that team to great heights. Other players have had average seasons, have taken their teams to great heights. Deshaun Watson, what have I said? And he had a wonderful season. They were a four-win team. Winning matters more than ever, and I think it might leave Phillip Rivers out of that conversation, and I hate to say it. Big thanks to Pierno, Green, Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. They were all fantastic. Up next, Andrew Filipponi. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.